Welcome back to Be More Super, the podcast, where we explore the world of entertainment with celebrity interviews from your favorite movies and TV shows. So grab your popcorn and let's get to know these stars better and what really makes them super. We are brought to you by PropStore.com, where you can find your very own piece of entertainment memorabilia from screen use props to costumes. Now, here's your host, Brian Garner. So on this week's episode of Be More Super, the podcast, we've got another treat. I'm so, so excited. My childhood wouldn't be the same without this guest from the Mighty Ducks and many other great projects. It's Matt Doherty. Matt, welcome to the show, sir. That's a great uh, intro, Brian. I should hire you to just kind of follow me down the street. Because in America, it would be great because you just, you know, you sound a little different than we do out here in Los Angeles. So, you know what? It would be great. I did have a chance years ago on the possibility of moving to America, but uh, it didn't work out, and I regret it because I've been to America and quite a lot. And now they stuck you in this black box with this like it feels exactly. like you're in a volcanic, a volcanic version of the Avengers. It's great. It's, uh, it's <laughs> yeah. Really which Avenger Aven- really would I be? Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be very good to be fair. I wouldn't. I sleep <laughs> all day and I'm awake all night. But uh, but going over before we go over your you know amazing childhood in Hollywood and obviously what you've been doing recently, um, you know the last two years have been quite challenging to say the least with everything that's been going on. If it's not the pandemic, it's forest fires, and if it's, if it's not that, it's loads of other things i mean how have you kept positive and moving forwards Mm. over these past two years optimism i think uh um we hope is born i don't want to get all tolkien-esque but hope is born (laughs) during uh during dark times you know Mm. i mean if we we didn't have dark times we wouldn't have hope we Mm. uh so i love the way you said that and and um i think to stay inspired community I believe, call me idealistic. I think, you know, making some art kind of does help change the world. Mm. Um, I believe I've been gifted with a tremendous ability to make people laugh over the years. I went through a phase where I was like, I wanted to be taken seriously as an artist, and I still do, but I realized like making people laugh is a tremendous service. Mm. Uh, And then also, like, the fingerprint identity of being a duck is you know in a way kind of overcoming all that um is and by um these the reason why the movie stays so long is because it's Mm -hmm. about these basic principles that i think we we lose and then we go through trouble in life collectively universally and maybe we remember that you know we do fly together Mm. i mean i thought i was i thought i was just coming on the show because i was going to throw my hat into to uh, run from prime minister but uh, i guess uh... oh, don't. that is you know what honestly it is like a monty python sketch right now literally Great. we don't know what's what's going on apparently this time next week we'll have another prime minister um the country is 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 going to pot we're slowly turning into a, th- a third world country uh, gas prices are. I don't. I, I don't. I don't know. If it's like same us. in the US. I mean, my gas prices and electricity has gone up five times. Um, you know, I'm paying five five times more a month now for gas and ele- electric. And the thing I'm more concerned about is the elder elderly, and and families with kids. These kids are innocent, and but yet 
you know we're struggling to heat our homes and and put food on the table it is shocking it's there's got to be a u-turn eventually like a reset button um but yeah you couldn't make you couldn't make it up 45 days i think she was um in her position as prime minister and now she's gone um so yeah so fingers crossed i've kept things in my fridge longer than you know longer than that you know (laughs) it's uh the um and i think that also is the idea that uh you know change happens incrementally and then it's Mm. and then it and then it happens big you know and i I believe that um you know you starting this thing and 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 letting people's voices be heard and 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 um it's a powerful thing in this world i think you know Mm. Mm, definitely and this show you know it's a bit of escapism um for even those little mo- 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 moments from the madness that's in the world right right now and that's partly why i did it for myself as well for my sanity yeah. uh you know my mental health because it is stressful being a father being a husband um you know with everything going on but life is for living we don't have any reruns uh we've got got to be thankful for what we've got um, yeah. and keep go, go, going forwards so not only are we going to explore your early life in your career but I'm excited to discuss your journey in life after the Mighty Ducks just like a butterfly from a cocoon so what yeah, pushed you it, it'd be like it'd be like Proust we'll, we'll look at our whole <laughs> yeah exactly exactly so what pushed you so if you can remember back, I know this is going to be quite quite hard because I can't remember oh three days ago. So if you can remember, like when you first were starting in the career in the career that you was go, go, going into, what pushed you into the industry um, as you were very young when you started? Oh wow, yeah, I was I was nine. Um, yeah, right. I. Uh, um, I played Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> which, is, which is really, really funny, right? And uh, I did like a, what I thought was a, an RP dialect, right? you know, and I, and I had, I borrowed my dad's coat and, and uh, it was, and I, I wanted to be taken seriously so bad. This is so funny. I can't believe I'm telling you this. As an actor, it was like a second grade play or something. And it was Hound of the Baskervilles. And I was playing Sherlock Holmes, and I only did it because um, I saw my brothers do it. I saw my brother mm. do a play, and I think I kind of secretly, being the youngest, was like, "Well, I can do that," you know, <laughs> like if I'm really honest. Mm. And uh, and I got into this play, and I wanted to be—I thought I was going to be this serious detective. It was like this after-school thing, right? It was like 20 minutes long or whatever. Who knows if I'm remembering it correctly, but. We remember what we remember. And uh, I, I do, I was going to be really serious, but then I kept tripping over my coat again because it was so large and I kept like falling and kind of making a, a, a an ass of myself in a way, like accidentally, but I wanted to be so serious. And everybody started laughing. And, um, and I think that kind of was like, oh, this is cool. This is fun. And, uh, and then I just saw an ad in the paper. I did. No one else did in my family, you know. I was I who what kind of nine year old sits and reads the paper, uh, and, and I I think I only did it because Michael J Fox did it on TV, and I was like, okay, mm. I saw Michael J Fox do this, and he was one of my heroes, and still is. Mm. Um, and uh, and like I read the paper, and there was an article for like redheads, and so before I had some gray hair and stuff, I was all red, 
and I had freckles. And, and so, um, that was the big thing. And like, um, you know, they have that all American look. I didn't know that. And so I went down and they were like, they need redheads for this audition in Chicago. And, um, and I just looked at this article and was like, I'll go. And I told, uh, I told my mom and, and, uh, and she just looked at me like, you want to go to this thing? I was like, yeah, it's an, it's an audition. Where does that come from? I don't know. And, uh, and then I went and, um, I think the only reason we went to it is because my mom and her best friend wanted to go to the mall, like in town, you know, like <laughs> kind of like the high street of Chicago, you guys call it the high street, right? Mm, so yeah. this was like, you know, we're, we're going down here and we're going to go down and, and it was like going to be Christmas time and stuff. So like, you go look at the lights and, and, uh, and I think that's literally why my mom agreed to it so she can go shopping. And then I ended up like going all the way through and I ended up meeting the great Gary Marshall. Gary and Penny Marshall were, you know, he, he started Happy Days. He's been in a bunch of movies, writing and directing. Um, he was actually in Big, right? Which is a great movie, mm. a legend, him and his uh, sister Penny. And, um, and it was his movie Overboard. And I didn't get the part, but he told me to get an agent kid. Get an agent kid. And so I looked in the phone book and I, like my mom and I, like she had heard the same thing and we looked in the phone book and then like I booked my first commercial and it was crazy. Just circumstance. I have a, I had a manager for a long time who said that the industry kind of chose me. Mm. And I think that's kind of true. Um, mm. Like the, the way things just started opening up and just were like that way. And I think the timing was perfect and, but I couldn't have predicted any of it, you know? Mm. I mean, back when movies were magical and the world wasn't drowning in content like it is now, we yeah. had one team that literally the world was behind. We quacked, we flapped uh, our arms and yelled at the screen, and that was the Mighty Ducks. Uh, I, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, it's just a, an, an astonishing franchise that literally has test, tested time, uh, is loved by many parents um, around the world, and... It's just got so many great values, so many things yeah. that about that movie that everyone can relate to. Um, so, so that audition process for that movie, I mean, obviously, I'm asking a lot now. Asking, can you remember? Um, I mean, what was it like to, you know, audition for a Disney film, and did it feel like hard work? You know, working on the Mighty Dogs. Oh God, no, no. I, um, that's a great question. I love the way you centered on the, the values and all of it. Um, I, I mean, like, again, I didn't, none of us knew what we were doing. We didn't, we didn't know we were making a trilogy, something that they would make a, a franchise of a hockey team, reinvent a sport, um, mm. then make it inspire, like, a generation of people to play the sport um and then come back around and have a tv show i mean we didn't know any of that um i didn't i don't even think if i if we had jordan kerner the, uh, the original producer who was a dear colleague and, and mentor and i think if you even asked him it would be the same thing that all i know is the movie got greenlit in record time which mm. was really really funny um and that the early version of the movie was much darker, <laughs> which is really funny. And then they found this beautiful mix where, like you said, it appeals to the parents and it appeals to the kids. Mm -hmm. And so they kind of like invented that, that, that magic spot where, um, 
uh, and um, all I know is I needed to get to Minneapolis, Minnesota, which is in the Midwest. So three UK people, it's kind of in the middle here. And it's really cold. And it's, I'm from Chicago. And it was like, we had to get up there. And I remember being like, my mom was teaching school. My dad was stuck at a job that he was about to lose, ironically mm. enough. So he was caught in the great layoff in the 90s. So I ended up having this career-changing life experience, and it lined up with the same moment when my father lost his job. It was a weird time. Mm. And um, uh, But my we couldn't find somebody to take me to Minnesota, you know? <laughs> so my brother John hopped on a plane with me, and, and he was, he was a, and, uh, I think he was working at the steel mills at the time. And, and we went up there, and... and uh, and I still remember it was a great trip. And then I actually originally auditioned for Fulton, which is really ridiculous because mm. Brian, I'm five. I'm I'm not very. I'm I'm five five today, right? Five five. <laughs> so I was tiny then, right? I was like, yeah. how is this? And um, but somehow they gave me the sides for Averman, and I made everybody laugh. And um, and then it just I came home and I got the part. And and I don't think. It, and then we were like, I guess I I should I should have told them my actually did know how to play hockey because i lied you know and then um and then we all they kind of knew we were we were lying so they had built this hockey camp uh, uh for like four weeks so the first thing we did was get um you know get paid ignore you know money like it's it's just i mean now it's like probably like pennies to what people paid now but like it was a lot of money to go play hockey for four weeks and go to school mm. and um and it was just like, and that still is one of my favorite experiences. If I close my eyes and you ask me if we can remember hockey camp mm. was the way like we became family and friends and we were like family. Mm. Um, when you spend that many hours um, together. So the movie was just this like icing on the cake after that. I mean, they don't make movies like this anymore. There's something about it, you know. You know. You know. When you re rewatch it as an adult, literally everything is the quality of the picture, the music, um, just everything about it. It's like literally, it's like having a, a, a you know, a warm hug because you yeah. know they were the best times of our lives. And and we were discussing before we started recording about obviously we both suffered with a stammer, and mm -hmm. I got bullied quite a lot. So I used to escape to in inside movies so if it wasn't superman the movie it was the mighty ducks if it wasn't the mighty ducks it was best of the best with eric roberts you know it was films that literally made you feel like you could achieve anything and that's what i like about the mighty ducks because it's it's the perfect underdog store story yeah. and it's achieved so much even if you don't like hockey because i've never watched hockey We've got a great yeah, hockey it's, it's team. Not, it's not known as a as a UK thing, I guess. No, I mean, I mean, we've got a great hockey team in Nottingham, the Nottingham Panthers, which are appar apparently very, very good. Um, and you know, I, I, I feel that you don't need to be a sports person to to actually enjoy it because the characters, I think, outshine the fact it, it's a hockey based movie. I mean, l your character as Averman is actually mine and my wife's favorite character and i'll tell you why is because literally every moment that you're on screen we are waiting for that classic one-liner you know that that funny funny comment i mean did you have any 
input in those lines uh, or was it you know straight from the script it was uh the first one was straight from the script but as we went on um we had a little bit more like uh like keenan who uh um who played ross right mm -hmm. and uh and sean and i definitely had the ability to um to add a little bit which maybe maybe cause a little okay we got to go on we got to go on because you know uh once you give somebody a chance to make a I even think Hamlet was talking. Don't like you fools. Don't go too far, right? <laughs> you know, it's like yeah. So, uh, but no. Why would you mess with like? I mean, Steve Brill wrote. I mean, him and, and he was. See, not a lot of people know like him and Adam Sandler and and Mark Maron. These mm. incredible comedic geniuses were all like in a like a one bedroom apartment together. Like coming up, they were all like, you know, cutting their teeth. Um, and so like you got um you got you got i mean steve was he's really good at being funny so why would you mess with it and i think there's a rule that if like you try to be funny and you try to improve upon what's already there you can mm. go to comedy hell mm. yeah but i uh yeah i mean i i also think that when you said the underdog story like what makes this so special is it's about fair play you know mm. it's about um not needing to win and um doing things for for the love of it and you know these are things i think we forget in life mm. and i think i think that's why it's so perennial is because who doesn't relate to that and as our journey in 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 into you know becoming adults and whatnot like you 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 lose touch with these things that are so pure mm. and this is why and it's then, great and then, to you, and then you rediscover mm. yeah and this and is I why think that's why yeah yeah that's why it stays I, and and obviously i asked Mar marguerite when she was on the show um about this because emilio Est Est estefes was what well, is a legend and at that time he was at his peak i mean what was he like to work with and apparently i don't know if this is true marguerite said when you went to your um you know your your boot camp that apparently Emilio was the worst at skating. I don't. I don't know if you want to agree, but uh, that's <laughs> that's 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 what she said. But I mean, what was he like to work work with? You know, side side by side because you share some great scenes together. I uh, I think the rule of many teams is you you don't you don't throw your coach under <laughs> under the bus <laughs> or the skipper or the gaffer mm. as you say right. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, Emilio was a. Uh, at the, I mean, he, I, I mean, I just love the man. I think he's, he's taught me so much about what's really important in this life and um, the principles, you know, there's an old saying in Hollywood and I'm sure it's probably like that, you know, over there or, or, you know, doing theater on, you know, the West end that like they say the top of the call sheet, mm. which is the number one person on the show sets the standard for the whole crew. And if that person's a bit of a jerk, you know, it can be tricky. Mm. And, you know, his standard of what, what he was and how he represented himself and what he taught us was, um, like I, I would not be alone. I mean, Eldon has talked about, we've all, like, we've all been, we've all been, uh, we were all trained kind of like, you know, when you're a rookie coming up and I guess sports do that where they, mm. the old DOG dudes, they'll, they'll tell you how to, how to behave. And, um, they just by their example and, and Emilio just does that. And he was the, at the time, uh, I like the one of the largest movie stars in mm -hmm. in the in the world, and he wanted to make a movie for his kids. 
Um, so it was, uh, I mean, it's just, it's, and so when, when we heard that, like, he was going to be our coach, there was this like, oh, well, what is he going to do? And then he did, he showed up and he sprung us for school the first time we met him. Like we were all going to school in the locker room at the hockey rink where we played, right? <laughs> you know, that's where we would go to school. And, and we had heard we were going to meet Emilio. And everybody was like, oh, yeah, we're going to meet Emilio. And he came in and he had evidently arranged it with our teachers. So we were going to extra school the last few days and we were wondering why that he was going to spring us. And he got a bus and he took us to this like video arcade, like a uh, place with go-karts and like just paid for us to go have fun for two hours. Wow. And um, like my first memory was being go-karts with Emilio Estevez and um getting bumped into he's like going around bumping into all of us like with like this ah you know i was like this guy's a big kid oh wow <laughs> and it made it cool and and uh and and that just set the standard you know and he's just a man of of tremendous principle just mm. like his father and then obviously uh we uh quack forward many many years and disney has given us a great show which is Mighty Duck uh, Game Ch Changes, uh, which is currently showing its second se season right now. Um, you know, what was it like to get the OG gang back together um, to to go back onto that show? During a pandemic. <laughs> yes, during a pandemic, definitely. Yeah, I... I uh... I don't know if we all trauma bonded because like we, we were stuck in hotel rooms for 14 days and you couldn't leave. Right. Cause when you enter another country and mm. we were coming from, you know, America where we don't wash our hands and, uh, um, and we were going to Canada and you literally didn't leave your hotel room. And then we had five days until we had to work. So we all did exactly like we did when we were 14, 15 years old and hung out in Eldon's hotel room <laughs> and just sat around together and talked. And I, I think the best part about that whole experience was that, was like we were just spending time. Marguerite had her kid with her. Um, and it was just this sense that here we are, like at that time it was 28 years later, it's 30 years later today, right? Mm. Um, and they're like, this is, this is like family, you know, we're being reunited. Um, it was so, when we met the kids and, uh, and who, and this is their story, you know, Game mm -hmm. Changers is about them. It's about this time, right? We've told mm -hmm. our story. Um, that was a powerful moment, you know, like to go and sit down and realize you're like the Bombay and like, I'm older than Emilio was when he did Ducks <laughs> one. And I just, that Crazy. blew my mind. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and we all sat down for lunch and I says, like, I sat down with lunch with some of the, some of the, uh, the, uh, the second generation and, um, and we just talked and I let them talk and they were so excited and, and, um, then we played hockey together and it was just magic, man. It's just, it, you just talk about a magic experience. Mm. Did you give any of them? And any oh, let me, let me offer this yeah. up. I'll offer one more thing. So then I watched the assistant director. This is, I guess what it means to be an adult. And we were trying to corral everybody together to shoot something. But there's a there's a puck and there's a game and they're teenagers at best. And so they're all playing in the corner and it's like, come on, come on, we gotta shoot, we gotta shoot. And they didn't want to go. And I suddenly saw 
what we must have done <laughs> to the crew for three movies. I was like, oh yeah, it's really hard to cor- corral uh, corral kids when they're playing a, a game, and that was. So, but it was actually so great to see that because that's what it was mm. about for them. And and it must must have been really nice to see Emilio again, you know, many moons later, being on screen again, you know, reminiscing about the good old days, uh, which is fantastic. I mean, did you give any of the youngsters any words of wisdom, any advice? Because being a young actor, I can imagine it being quite difficult. I don't know if it's easier now to be a child actor compared to many moons ago. I made myself available. I think we all did. Mm. We were like, hey, if anything uh, comes up, you can let us know. And uh, and I thought that was the best way to do that because everybody has their own experience with, with all this mm. stuff. And I can't imagine what it must be like to, you know, be young, developing, and, and in this time of social media, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and all the extra work when you're just this, uh, you know, teenager. Mm-hmm. But it looked like they were all handling. They had a real good sense of, of uh, community. I I just loved the fact that we got to, you know, talk with talk with Emilio about um, just how much our lives had changed and how much it, it, you know him his and we all had a similar experience. You know what he meant to us in our lives, the directions of how we led it, mm-hmm. and how like in a weird way we're just like the characters we play. We were we were we were. We were changed by uh, by Bombay. And did you ever keep anything from those movies? Oh yeah. Um, in your personal. I collection? wish I would have been the thief because I'm from like I didn't I didn't steal anything from Ducks One, which I because I was I was just so like I was hanging my laundry up and going I'm so lucky to be here you know I was like I don't want <laughs> but by Ducks Two or Three I'm like you know stealing stuff you know <laughs> it's like I have a jersey from uh, I have original. Mighty Ducks 2 Ducks jersey that we wore at the end. I have my glasses Wow! from Ducks 2 and 3. And um, I actually still play hockey and I get made fun of because I have some gear that I still use. Um, and, you know, gear's gotten lighter. And when I first went out there and played, I was still playing with a, with a wooden stick. And they, were, they called me OG and I had these old skates on. But, like, I finally upgraded a lot of my gear. But I literally was using some of my hockey gear from the movies. <laughs> That is awesome, and those 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 jerseys. Because my my plan is is that when you guys come over, which we'll speak speak about late, late later, I'm going to get myself a jersey and get you all to sign it. I cannot wait. I, really I think that's can't. a great idea. Oh, you know what? I just would get you all to sign everything: pucks, um, sticks, uh, you you name it. I'll just theme the house. Uh, I'm sure the wife will be fine with that. I was going to say you might want to clear that with your wife. <laughs> yeah, she gets a bit a bit um, emotional when it comes down because I I collect film props as well. So the yeah. sponsors of my show is called Prop Store, and they auction and deal with screen used props and cost costumes, and. Um, they go for a lot of money, like literally a lot of money, um, which is just fantastic. But you get you get to see some amazing pieces. Um, so so obviously, um, you know, after the Mighty Ducks, you know, how difficult is it for a working child actor to leave such a well-known franchise and continue working? Because, you know, with a lot of child actors, I mean, I've had joey kramer on the show that was in flight of the navigator and 
is such a great movie. such a great guy as well to chat chat to and he's had his demons and and you know he's persevered and 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 battled those which is great and it's the same with sean you know it's so so nice to see sean wise you know back to where he is now and 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 unfortunately with the press following you know you know his life over the years it's quite nice to see that that you know he's a lot better um so how difficult was it to leave you know such a great franchise because of the expectations of you as an actor a child actor to move on to other things i mean uh wow yeah i mean that's i will write a book one day about all of it uh yes. and uh because uh i have <coughs> strong opinions on the subject mm. um and um and and also just an experience um you know I've had all I've had all those experiences, you know. I mean, I, um, you know, I I've had my share of of darkness and demons and things I've had to walk mm. to, and um, the for me one of my saving graces during those years because I, I I think when you 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 you're young and you think this is real. Mm. You think this is even even if you have a you know like they say like a good family or this or you you've been given certain tools or whatever uh, it's still just not real mm. you know it's an illusion and um, and I think that when you wake up and you're no longer cute and you know you don't really have any life skills. Mm. Uh, it can be a chasm uh, mm. for a lot of us. And, um, you know, the union tries to help with, with young performers as they reach a certain age. And, um, you know, there's a lot of stigma around it. Um, you know, I always like to say that, like, I saw the evidence. I saw that people either ended up robbing blockbusters or became directors and writers like Ron Howard. I said, well, Blockbusters are a video store that's out of business. <laughs> so I think maybe I'll try to do this other thing. I um and I I've been just blessed to have some really great mentors who who and I've walked through hell with a lot of that. You know, I mean a lot I a lot of my colleagues and friends, they've worked consistently and, and I've had to, you know, think I was gonna be this wonder kid. I went to one of the best universities in America. And then came out and, you know, I promptly didn't work mm. and for many years. And um, and then I worked just enough and then it was this. And, you know, I, I like to say that um, I have a very unique exp experience on life because I was driven around in a limousine and then I drove the limo. Uh, and I'm not talking about game changers. I'm actually talking about, you know, real life. Mm. And, um, and, you know, so it's like, you know, I was blessed to come from where I came from, which was, you know, you, you just put your boots on and you do your thing, mm. but it, you know, it's, it's, it's an experience when you're young and you're, you know, you're, you realize you, you've been living in a, in a kind of cocoon. Like, I think you said the word cocoon and, yeah. and it was like, Oh, it's, it can be a rude awakening for many of us. Yeah. I mean, I mean, a lot of people, I, the way I see it, I suppose it's like when you get people that are in the military 
and everything's done for them um, and they've yeah. got their own life within the military and then they leave the military then yeah. they're in CV Street so literally they don't know a how to buy bread yeah. and, and, and a lot of them do end up on the streets um, you yeah. know misusing drugs um, and it's really yeah. sad because it's that sort of bridge from you know being you know this you know great you know child actor i suppose for people like jerry kramer to to then not knowing what else to do and how to do it and oh yeah it's really it's really sad to think that that i mean it's great to hear that that you know you've you've not well i don't know we've got to wait for the book to come out but um so um you know i don't know you yeah, know it, your experiences but the way you talked about that's a really strong mm. comparison you mm. know with the structure of that mm. um and you know i'll say this was my um my dear friend and colleague and um jeffrey nordling who played coach you know orion in ducks three you know he was instrumental in like you know saving my ass and saving uh saving this guy in so many ways and uh mm. it's so funny to go full circle right now as he's debuting my uh my play right now mm -hmm. uh he you know so i'm this kid on ducks three and i didn't know whether i should go to hollywood and you know and i at that point i was auditioning for everything but i was like sitting in my chair reading about arthur miller reading about uh harold pinner <laughs> you know <laughs> i was uh uh I, somebody would tell me about like you should read this book by sir peter brook and i'm like and i'm like oh i'll read that yeah 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 and uh oh read this alfred hitchcock book and and then i um and i think he saw me and he and he had gone to a uh, conservatory and he's like kid you're a you probably should go to school <laughs> you know and learn to be a real artist it seems like you're an artist mm. and um and that that was a key moment in my life mm. you know so i i left like i made an active choice to to kind of leave it and go you know what i want to learn how to do this mm. down the road and uh, I think if I hadn't done that, I don't think I'd be alive today. And it's definitely full circle uh, with Jeffrey because we've got to start talking about Brothers Play because um, it's such an awesome piece of art. It really, really, really is. And Jeffrey, when I started to watch it, so I've had the pleasure, you let me um, watch the whole play and I've actually watched it twice uh, because it's so well written and it's so well acted as well it's so immersive cap captivating um you know funny witty quite serious in places uh, which i was like whoa okay uh, it took me on definitely a a a, a roller coaster journey and it's just a stunning piece so if you could talk about brothers play um what it is and a bit about you know what the journey of this play will be for the uh, viewers well thanks for that brian geez uh, i should uh i remember that one when i'm feeling lost in the journey of putting it up uh uh they um it wow it's um the play uh not a lot of people well, i don't know about the uk but in america one in six men are uh survivors of uh some form of sex abuse when they were mm -hmm. young and um there's actually a great organization called one in six and uh the uh and it's not talked about you know it's and i think we're living in this time where um we use phrases like toxic masculinity and mm. 
I think it, you started with a dark, we're in these dark times. And I, I, and I think if I'm honest, you know, we, we as men, and we can make a big mess, you know, mm. and in our lives, to ourselves, to our families, to our communities, to the world, right? Mm. And I didn't realize it when I first started writing Brothers Plague, I was, you know, talking about trying to make, you know, myself and, and, and make people who've, who've had experiences feel whole. And, um, and so when you've had a shattering experience and, and then as I was writing it, I was going along realizing, oh, I'm talking about very important things here, um, about like the way, what it's like to really try to find a path to healing and not continue cycles of violence. And, um, and whether the violence is visited upon ourselves, you know, and, and when you when you talk about things that are traumatizing, especially for men, you know, there's like, oh, no, we don't talk about that. We don't talk about crap. I don't know mm. what it's like in UK. And, and so, and then the more and more I did it, the more I realized, oh, well, this is really important. It's really important to, in this moment, to, to have conversations about, you know, what it means to be a man. And, um, and like, so I guess that that all kind of started and I knew intuitively that it had to be a rip roaring, ruckusly, ridiculous comedy because i think what i didn't want to do was to do a piece that um wasn't fun mm. and so and also like and let comedy be a way to to soften to soften the blow of what we're really talking about which is you know it is kind of there's a comedy and there's a tragedy to to the fact that in a single moment lives can be shattered and it's not the moment; it's the it's the time that lives are 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 interrupted, and what it takes to kind of steer back to the path. Mm. And I thought that was a very important conversation that needed to happen on a stage, and eventually as a film. And uh, what you watched mm. uh, was also again inspired when I was starting it out, and I I put my own money into making that video happen, and um, of the reading. And I remember sending a, 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 a picture of it to Emilio when I had my car full of gear. And he was so, he's like, dude, always bet on yourself. Because Emilio's a guy, you know, who, who's decided to make his own films and, and make his point in life to, to make some work of worth. And, and I remember I sent him a photo, he's like, always bet on yourself, man. So Coach even awesome. inspired me with this one. Excellent. I mean, I've got to say the cast. I mean, how did you get around to casting? Because... The cast of this is just fantastic. I mean, is this is this going to be going on tour, or is this going to be our our hope? Our hope is to grow. Yeah, I'm sorry, I interrupted you. Go on. Yeah, no, because uh, literally this play as because the thing is, theatre is 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 one of those things that unfortunately with 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 the pandemic, it's it it went away, and I even feel that before the pandemic, I think the theatre was declining quite a lot. And, you know, forget CGI superhero movies. I think we need to go back to the basics of the art of word and performance on stage because there's so much more heart and there's so much more feeling to it. And, you know, I, I personally miss that going to see plays uh, and, and you know, escaping for, for that time. Um, so... So it's going to go on tour. Are you going to potentially maybe release that 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 video? Um, would you do that in well, the future? Well, yeah. 
Oh, that's a, I mean, to think that you think that highly of it is great because we shot it in a day and then I tried to edit it together over a, a, a month, months, months, months with the, the help of, a, of some incredible people. I, um, I believe theater, we're starving for it, you know, mm. and it's always been um, live performance where we all gather in a space to hear a story is as intrinsic to being human as when we were in a cave. Mm. And, um, and I, you know, uh, it's a sacred thing to me uh there's a sense of community to it and it's so interwoven mm. you know like shakespeare plays always even mention it too that to the plague you know so the plague hits the theater first but we're also the, the first place to come back and um i our hope is to do a small production here um and then let it grow i i've watched this play be done by i thought i wrote it for like three south side chicago irish people and then i had friends i have my friends who are like new york and they're puerto rican they're like dude i don't think you realize you wrote a puerto rican play and i'm like really <laughs> he's like can we can we work on it and and uh and so what i love about it is it i think it works for you know i just wanted to inspire great actors to um to have a field day most mm -hmm. artists want to do something that's a little scary and um i think we go to the theater to 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 participate in that kind of like is this gonna work out um and uh so i i my hope would be that it would be have a life i would love to see it in 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 ireland uh in the uk i mean oh my god are you kidding me i would uh i mean i think it's a story because it's also about institutional justice mm. you know there's been stories about priest abuse mm. that where they talk about the journalism. Oh, hey, I'm a journalist. I look at me. I, I solve the problem. There's been the talk about the priests who did the problems and the, all this stuff. They won all these awards, but there haven't been enough pieces about the wrecked lives mm. that are left in the wake and the way, um, and we watch the effects of maturity being stunted. Mm. And I think that that's a stage worthy thing mm. i mean would and unfortunately it, it's probably universal yeah yeah definitely i mean would there be a place to explore uh turning this into film turning this into oh yeah because uh i want to see the rest of jude's journey because yeah uh, jeffrey is just fantastic and if you ever bring it over to the U the uk um rob nagel uh and jamie uh Wolrab, um, is it is that did, did I pronounce that yeah, right? right. Oh, Rubbish yeah. pronunciations. Yeah. Uh, just make it. I just think the characters are just great. I mean, how how do you work on characters like that? Because th they're all so individually sculpted, and the just the development of the characters is fantastic. I mean, Thomas, for me, you know, you often think that the loudest, most brashest character really stands out, but for me, Thomas literally i was more intrigued with because of the moments of silence the moments that he didn't have to raise his voice um it was just fascinating what sort of work did you have to go into to to bring those characters to life oh man you're uh, such a great interviewer um that's a uh, i i love that you spotted that because mm. it is thomas is the quiet amidst the storm you know that this play got uh has been able 
it was read for the National Organization of Men Against Sexism. And, and it was so cool to hear these, these therapists and these psychological people in academia recognize that this is a play about, you know, men who were, you know, and somebody finding a way that's not violent. And, um, and so it's, uh, yeah, so Thomas is quiet amid the storm as he's trying to find his voice. Mm. And I remember for me, when I was developing it, it was about letting go of the victimhood, you know, letting go of like the power of feeling going from weak to strong, like that felt like the strongest, mm. what it's like to feel like you're the weakest, and end up feeling in a way the strongest and um but the the development of the characters was i there's one of my favorite plays is by david rabe called hurley burley and i remember reading one time that he uh and it's again it's a lot about a lot of broken men and um and they're all parts of the same whole mm. and that's what i realized i was writing was that these were three parts they were like a trinity i'm still like got the catholic the trinity thing right like they're they're three parts of the same whole and that you know they're when people who are who've experienced trauma they can do they can want to be ultra you know like protective like go and join the sas and mm. you know need to fight everything and then they can go to um they want to sexualize everything or they feel like they're a victim and they just want to hide and to me those are the three parts that that need to come whole so I always imagined that they were, they were all kind of like, uh, and then when I wrote it, I realized that it's called Brothers Play because it's about, I think, the brotherhood of, of all of us in a way. Mm. I guess that's what I was on the right about. Yeah. Mm. It, I mean, I mean, obviously, you, you know, when you finished writing this play, uh, you know, are you good at just stopping? Or were there moments where you had to keep on going back and changing things? And at what point did you say, do you know what? It's done. It's perfect. Damn, Brian, you're bringing out the big guns, man. <laughs> uh, this one's felt like a Swiss watch because it's so much about the chaos of and the comedy of denial mm. and the way we render unimportant things so important and then the quiet underneath it starts to bubble up and that's what it's like when you've been fractured right um that it was like a swiss watch so i didn't want it like once you started pulling on one thread it was so delicate uh so this play was unlike many other things i wrote which is i i tweaked it but only to make sure uh, that thomas's journey became clearer and clearer and clearer mm -hmm. so with uh and that also just related to me and my personal journey, even though this is obviously a work of fiction, but it was my own personal journey in, in my own life of like, as I grew, so did Thomas's journey grew. Mm. And, um, and it was like, uh, so that, that to me, that's, and I think now there's only, you almost got to leave a wet edge. I used to paint houses back mm. in the, like my journeyman days when I was like in my thirties and twenties and, and uh, I, and I remember you keep a wet edge when you paint it, and so there's certain things you got to leave for the actors when they're up on their feet. Mm. And, and so lastly, right on this uh, piece on Brothers Play, uh, when it goes on tour, is it going to be set up like it is in the video? Um, you know, with them stood at 
the pedestals is that how you envision oh no oh no this is this will be fully staged which is what we're doing right now which is why we're raising we're raising some money which i totally feel as i haven't talked about <laughs> yeah yeah so please give a dollar give a dollar or, or pop. so so you're raising funds now to produce yeah. it into this full full production mm-hmm. um is that via and eventually kick- hopefully a tour yeah. so is that via kick, kick kickstarter i presume yeah, we're gonna be. We'll have a Kickstarter link, which I'm sure we can give to you, and you I can also visit Brothers Play. You can also visit BrothersPlay.com. That's one word: BrothersPlay.com, and it should redirect as well to the our Kickstarter page. And uh, yeah, the whole hope is to start small and grow and let it have a life. And um, it's a critical time right now for us, and mm. you know, to raise the funds that we need. So, and and theater begins with community, and we wanted to invite um anyone to uh if 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 there's something about the values of the piece that speaks to them or mm. or um you know if they just want to see some ridiculous humor about things that should not be funny um you know it'd be great can i can i suggest on one of the rewards on kickstarters uh may yes. may maybe a signed script uh of of the actual um show um and then um so I, will be... I will add it Yes, excellent. And then I will definitely, me personally, I will support uh, because it's great. It really, really is. So let's talk about conventions because Wales Comic Con is coming up in December. Uh, you're appearing with a few other friends uh, from uh, I am from the Mighty Ducks. So is this your very first UK convention? uh yes it is wow We've never uh the ducks the ducks are flying over the pond uh we nice. should tm that one that's it that's <laughs> it we are flying over the pond uh and this is the first time we've we've done something like this so this is this is going to be great oh yeah, you know i, uh, I can't um, wait we'll 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 be together and i always every time i go to uh to uh a con and and meet um i don't even think like yeah sure ducks fans but like they're almost they're like part they're just ducks you know it's like mm. people are like i grew up with this movie and i'm like so did i you know i i i, I always find <laughs> every time i meet people who love this movie and um the stories are so similar mm. and that makes me feel so good in this world you know like you're like oh wow this is this is a real thing here and have you been to a convention before oh yeah yeah yeah. yeah i've even I, been to I, i've been to one of those horror ones yeah i mean as a guest have you actually been at conventions before as as a guest oh uh have i been as a guest i went one time to support a friend and it was i've gone to like card and sports conventions because i'm a collector of like of that stuff and and it's very early similar so yeah. uh um but I, but no i i think i've gone once to support a friend but i get it's so many people <laughs> it's so it's like oh that's a lot of people <laughs> and and do you know what it's really weird now post pandemic um you know i remember going to the first convention um after 
obviously everything with COVID. And it was the oddest experience because literally we've been used to what what we're doing now. Uh, so then standing in front of an actual person, you don't realise how nervous you get now. And me, I was like, oh, you know, I'm not I'm not used to talk talk talking to another human being. Um, so I'm looking looking forward to that. So have you been uh, you know, uh, practicing your autograph because I'm sure that you're going to be very, very busy. I, uh, I mean, I, that would be awful if I sit around practicing my autograph. I, I, uh, I that would that would feel so vain. <laughs> I, I guess there is a little terror. You're like, am I going to mess this up? Am I going to mess this up? I, uh, I always look at it like the thing that's the most important moment there is to just say hello and yeah, um, and. Uh, I um you know it's I would not be here today enjoying being able to do the creative things I do in my life were it not for the longevity of this of this franchise and it's directly responsible for the time I've been able to devote to get good at writing so mm. I look at like um you know I anything I can do to honor this that has changed my life so dramatically is mm. is a no-brainer well we can't wait so beginning of december wells comic con you can visit the website which is wellscomiccon.com um get your tickets get there um go and see the mighty ducks and go 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 and see matt one of my last questions uh before we uh bid farewell and it's from one of marguerite's uh projects which is wet hot american summer uh, there was a line oh, yeah. in that in that film which i love which is if your uh, if your life was a movie what title would it be uh renaissance man <laughs> <laughs> awesome matt you've been a great guest it's been an absolute honor and uh, i've really had a blast um keep safe stay super and i can't wait to see you in december in person Great. We'll go to the British Baking Show tent. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Be More Super, the podcast. This podcast has been brought to you by PropStore.com. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please subscribe and leave a rating and review. To stay up to date with Be More Super and get all the behind the scenes content, you can follow us on Instagram at Be More Super, the podcast, and on Twitter at Be More Super. Keep safe and Stay super.